God, we thank you that that is true, that, that the same power that did all that lives in us, that you are the same God that did all that for us and you continue to do that in us today. God, we thank you for your promises in your word which are true today as much as they have ever been. And we are just so grateful to stand here as your people, as your family in this place today, wherever we are. God, we know that you, you love us that you care for us, that you died for us, that you continue to pursue us and that you live in us. And God, we thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a seat. Welcome to church this morning. Surprise. It's me again. <laughs> um, it's just like this little... Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say. It's a little uh, role that I have now is like, Short notice, emergency preaching. So if you know any churches that are, you know, anyway, just saying. Um, all right, so we're in this series, uh, second week in this series, Same God. Um, and inspired partly by that song that we uh, did for the first time last week called Same God. Um, uh, but before we start, I just, I really want us to pray. So lots of you probably know already that Pastor Brad has been really unwell um, this week, which is why I'm here today. Um, and there has been a lot going on this week, let me tell you. Um, so I have a prayer team which I communicate with uh, during the week. I normally send one email on like a Monday, Tuesday with the prayer needs for the week and maybe I might update that during the week once or twice. Well, towards the end of last week, I was multiple times a day uh, and in the end I was saying, sorry, it's me again. Um, and here is the next thing that uh, you need to add to your prayers. There was just so many people... Uh, with needs, who were very unwell, who were in hospital, who were having surgeries unexpectedly and expectedly as well. Um, but just one thing after another after another and it just seemed to me like something's happening. Um, it feels like something's coming against us even this morning, like we've had some, some issues behind the scenes, you know. It just feels like something is trying to derail what we're doing and um, so I would I would just love it if if we could stand and pray um, I've got some uh, I've got a list of names here uh, so I don't have permission from everyone to share their issues but uh, we do know about Pastor Brad he is quite unwell and um, he is recovering at home now but um, I think the job of the staff and uh, probably the church council is to get our sharp pointy sticks and be making sure that he stays at home where he belongs so that he can recover as he should. Um, but th there are some other things going on this week. There's people having um, surgeries. There's people that had surgeries last week. Um, um, I'm allowed to say that Nancy has had a very difficult diagnosis confirmed that she was hoping uh, wouldn't be confirmed, but it, it was last week. And um, so she has a really difficult um, and challenging time ahead of her. But um, she is facing it just with such peace and assurance. It is wonderful to see her faithfulness in that. But um, if we could all just stand, I really want to pray because, um, you know, we, we are starting to make a difference in our community and in Locksport and in Yarram as well. And we're definitely attracting some attention, let's just say that. And um, I just want to say, like, you know, if, if the enemy is coming against our senior pastor, our leader... Um, I would like to say, and we would like to say, not on our watch. You get away. You get 
get away because you don't belong here and against all of our people as well, not on our watch. So we're going to lift up our precious people that we know. Um, You may be aware of some of these situations as well. But if you're not, I've got this with names on here and you can look at my little piece of blue paper if you like and pray for this. So let's pray together. God, we we thank you that you are the Lord of our life today, as well as you are our saviour for all eternity. And God, we lift up our precious people before you this morning. We lift up Pastor Brad as our senior leader. Um, God, we thank you that this is your church, but he is leading this church under you, under your spiritual authority, and that we sit under his spiritual authority as well. And God, we pray against any forces that are coming against him and against the work uh, that that, uh, we're trying to do through Sail Baptist Church in, in this community and beyond. And God, we say, not on our watch. You have the authority. The name of Jesus is above every name. And nothing else has any right to be here. Any p- dark powers that are here, any, any, any forces that are coming against the work that you are trying to do in our communities, God, they can be gone in Jesus' name because we believe that you are above every situation and that you are greater than any situation that any of us faces. So, God, we thank you that we can put all of those things in your hand and that we can trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right, so same God. So the next, last week we we looked at the story of Jacob um, and this week we're looking at the story of Moses and these are the lines in the song that that sort of focus on Moses. It says, I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. So the same God, he is the God of Jacob, he is the God of Moses He is the God of Mary, who we'll look at next week, and he is the God of David. He is the same God. They are very different people, but they're all experiencing the same God, and he is your God. So we're looking at Moses, and as we look at the life of Moses today, um, it's good for us to understand who Moses was, uh, but then we're not trying to be like Moses. We're going to look at what Um, who God was to Moses and then how God can be the same to us today as well. Um, I should say that um, when Brad was going down, he'd already um, kind of made some notes already. So he said, I'll send you what I've got. Um, So it's kind of like a bit of a, I don't know, that sentence came from Brad, that we are not trying to be like Moses. We're trying to look at who God was to Moses and then try and understand how he is the same to us. So thanks for that, Brad. It just is a really good kind of framework to um, listen to the rest of the message through. Um, make sure that you're still doing that. So if Brad was here, he would say uh, probably an, an music amusing little anecdote about his family or something, kind of get us in the mood. Um, He's not here, it's me. So I'm going to give you a quote from A.W. Tozer. And it just feels like this whole subject, um, topic around Moses, is really personal for us as a church currently. So this is A.W. Tozer's quote, and I think it's... Yep, thank you, Claire. Outside the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. Outside the will of God, there's nothing I want. Inside the will of God, there's nothing I fear. I think that's, uh, you can see that kind of coming through the story of Moses, but also for each one of us, uh, that can be, it should be so true. 
All right, so let's start looking at, so let's just leave that kind of tab open in your brain with that quote and you can kind of filter other things through that. Um, so we start looking at the life of Moses and um, we know a lot about the life of Moses really from even before he was born uh, right the way through until he dies and that's a little bit unusual um, probably because he wrote the books that contain those stories um, so uh, that's why we know such a lot. Um, so in his childhood he was born into a situation where um, the Jews had been living in Egypt uh, for about 450 years. They'd gone there because of famine and there was food there in Egypt. But they'd lived there for that long, 450 years, and they'd grown in numbers so that they were you know, starting to become quite powerful and um, a bit of a, a problem to um, the Egyptians. So um, they were trying to kind of suppress them a bit and, and Pharaoh ordered that all of the boys born would be to the, to the Jews would, would be um, killed at birth. So um, the midwives wouldn't do that. They sort of hid them and they said, oh, you know, they have them before we get there so we can't kill them and all of these things. So, so that was what he was born into. He was supposed to have been killed as he was born. Um, but anyway, he wasn't. He was hidden. And uh, when he was about three months old and could be hidden no more, he was sent down the river in a Moses basket. That's where that phrase comes from. Um, and he was uh, found. Uh, he was actually um, raised by his mum in a roundabout way and then given to um, Pharaoh's daughter to raise. So he grew up. He was a Hebrew, but he grew up in an Egyptian house. Um, and he was now working for the, the man who wanted him not to be alive. Um, so complicated and confusing uh, place for him to be. He would have uh, wondered who he really was. Then his life starts to go really bad. So that was bad. Um, now his life really starts to go bad. He saw a Hebrew slave being beaten by an Egyptian and he kills him and he's noticed and he tries to hide and then he has to flee. So then he spends 40 years. So at this point he's about 40 years old. We're, like in all the pictures, he always looks like a young man. He wasn't. Um, 40 years old. So then he spends 40 years in the desert tending flocks that are his father-in-law's. So he goes from this bad situation being born to being living as a, an outcast um, amongst people that are, are still not really his own. And Moses is someone that I think that we can all relate to. He's born into a difficult family situation then he has some privilege growing up in Pharaoh's household. Um, but even with that privilege comes confusion and pressure. And then he lives as something of an outcast. He would, really would have struggled to know who he really was. He was never really living with his own people. And he was always in this really difficult situation. So who does he listen to? Who is he really? What label would he have? What label would his family give him? What label would he give himself? So he's already had quite a life up until that point. Um, and so by now he's about 80, um, if you follow the maths. Um, so this is where he meets God, and this is uh, the burning bush uh, story, which if you've been around church for a while, you will know. Um, and it can be found in Exodus 3, 2 to 5. So we can pop that up. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. 
When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. So Moses, Moses, he says it twice. It's to get his attention. It's like underlining. Um, He knows his name. He knows Moses' name, and he knows your name too. It's really important to know that he knows you. God's always trying to get our attention to tell us something or to say our name, your name. It's interesting to know also that burning bushes weren't that unusual in the desert. They would just sometimes be on fire, but they would be consumed. So it wasn't the being on fire that was sort of different. It was the being con- not being consumed part that was different. And it's, and it's that that caused Moses to sort of turn aside and look so... Um, yeah, I guess uh, this morning, what is your burning bush situation? Maybe, maybe it is a burning bush situation for you today. Um, it probably won't be the words that I say, but it could be. Um, it might be in the, the worship songs, something, something that you normally do, um, maybe the fellowship time afterwards as well. Maybe somebody will say something to you. Um, it's just a, an ordinary thing that happens, but sometimes it's a burning bush moment. It's a different different moment, something different is happening even in the normal moment that you are in. So here's another sentence that Pastor Brad wrote down and he said, whose we are is more important than who we are. Whose we are is more important than who we are. So that's about our identity. Uh, For Moses that was his awareness that God knows him. So what, what is that like for us? What difference does that make for us if we know whose we are? And I, I talked about Nancy before. Um, and Nancy, if, if you're not aware of Nancy, um, she hasn't been to church since the beginning of COVID, I think, because she has had significant health issues and it's just too risky for her to be around a lot of people. Um, so you may not be familiar with her, but she is one of our elder statesmen of the church and has been around Sail Baptist Church for a really long time. Uh, and this um, sort of situation that, that Nancy's now in with her health, she's facing with just a, a blessed assurance that is extraordinary because she knows whose she is. Um, as, much as, as much as she knows who she is, but she knows deep down inside her whose she is. And so that whole part of her eternal um, destiny is just not an issue for her it's not a question for her and not to put too much pressure on Nancy that she can't ever say you know actually I'm pretty mad sad bad about this but but actually she you know her language around this is all about being so sure whose she is and it really does make a, a big difference God goes on to tell Moses how he wants to use him. He wants him to go to Pharaoh and ask him to let the Israelites go. So they've been in captivity, they're slaves, they're uh, really hard-pressed. So the Lord says this, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. 
And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. How often do we ask this? Who am I to go? I want you to put that particular phrase in another open tab in your brain. Who am I to go? Moses uses some excuses. He says that he is slow of speech and he has faltering lips. But God says, I will be with you. And that is actually all he needed to know and it's all we need to know as well. There's a little argument and Moses is persuaded to go. And then there are the plagues that God sends. Um, If you're not familiar with this whole story, you you can go back and read this. Um, It's in Exodus. It just goes on and on. Um, But I encourage you to do that. But anyway, so all these, these plagues come which are trying to convince Pharaoh to let the people go. Uh, sometimes Pharaoh's heart, heart is hard and sometimes God hardens Pharaoh's heart. It's pretty complicated. Um, but finally, the Israelites are allowed to go. And this is the first Passover. So they are told the night that this is going to happen, they are told how to prepare the last meal that they will have there and they are to put blood around the doorposts. Um, and that as God moves through and kills the firstborn of every household, he will pass over the households where the blood is on the doorposts. Um, So the Israelites were spared, um, and they left with the wealth that was gifted to them by the Egyptian people. Um, They leave quickly with their unleavened bread, and this is um, the last supper that Jesus celebrates with his disciples and that we celebrate in communion Um, that, that is um, a remembrance of that first Passover meal. So then they're free. They're, they're away from Egypt. Um, and the next th- big thing that really happens is the parting of the sea, which is what is mentioned in the song that we're singing. So there's already been a fair bit of complaining by the Israelites. So they've been released from their captivity, but they're pretty, pretty unhappy, actually. Um, so they get up to the Red Sea, uh, led by God to be there, and the Egyptians are pursuing them. So it's not, not looking the best on paper. It's not. So in Exodus 14, we pick up the story again. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them and I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. I'll skip a bit down to verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on the right and on their left. And then my paraphrase of what happens next is then the Egyptians followed them and God let the water go so they drowned. 
So that, that is an extraordinary story of uh, Moses doing what God said. It didn't always make sense, like just stretch out your staff and like, the water all just went away. It, it didn't make sense um, to Moses necessarily, but he, he had to just be faithful and obedient and do what God was asking him. So then followed 40 years of wandering in the desert. God provided, the people complained, and Moses continued to lead them. Moses mostly followed God's instructions, just apart from that one time. Uh, so, so many things happened in that 10 years. It was just, um, it didn't need to take, uh, 40 years rather, it didn't need to take 40 years, but, but through this wandering and the, everything that happened there, um, so many uh, things were imparted to Moses during that time. The Ten Commandments were given then. All of the law was given then. The rules about the, um, the sacrifices were given then. Uh, the instructions about the tabernacle were given then. All of these things were given uh, to Moses during that time. It was a time of great faithfulness and a time of great disobedience as well. The people were quite awful at times and complained to Moses often. And always Moses petitioned, uh, petitioned God on behalf of the people, often pleading with God to be lenient with them. And he was. So much. There is just so much in that story of Moses. That is just a really brief overview of some of the the high and the low points, I guess, and his journey, quite literally, with God. As you read through these scriptures, all through Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you become aware of this guy who initially asked, who am I to go? And how he grew into the man God chose to meet with, share his confidence with, and who God trusted to lead the people during such a formative time. So how was this possible? Because Moses chose to trust in God, to be faithful to his commands and to learn and grow from walking closely with God, seeing what God's faithfulness, provision and protection look like in real life, seeing what it meant to be faithful to God's call and what it looked like to not. So that all sounds very straightforward and, and you can see how that worked for Moses. God called him, he was obedient and followed him, and everything worked out pretty well. That's good for Moses, but not sure it is like that for me, or maybe for you. But let's look again at the ups and downs of Moses' life. So he had a really difficult start to life. Massive understatement there. Then he had some privilege, then he lived as an outcast. Then he was called by God. Being faithful means a very difficult time with Pharaoh. Finally, some success, then more difficult times with the people. So much complaining. Then incredible times with God, meeting him, receiving from him. Then more difficult times with the people, leading to Moses getting frustrated with God. And finally Moses dies without entering the promised land. We can look also at the life of Jacob that we heard last week. So many ups and downs as well. Kind of an ongoing struggle between who he is in his early life, a cheat and a supplanter. And who God calls him to be, raising him up to be the father of the tribes of Israel. How he was faithful um, and working that seven years to, to gain Rachel and then getting tricked and then working the seven years again to get Rachel. And just yeah, everything that, that flowed out from that in the life that, that uh, was still ahead of him was so different to how he had started off. 
Is all this sounding familiar? Is this reminding you of anyone? It reminds me of me. Hopefully it doesn't remind all of us of me. Hopefully it reminds you of you. Maybe we hear echoes of our life in the life of Moses. Perhaps we have come from a difficult or a painful start to life. Perhaps we've had similar ups and downs to Moses and Jacob. Times where we have had great privilege and walked closely with God. Times when we have allowed him to lead us and guide us. And then times where we have felt more distant from God again. It's easy to look at the life of Moses and think that after the very high highs, I mean, think of some of those highs, some of the miracles that Moses saw, some of the meeting with God, hearing his voice, seeing his face, and seeing just the amazing provision and protection that God provided for them in real life on a, on a daily basis. And later they complained, or worse still, they made idols to worship because they were impatient about something God was doing or not doing. We would never, would we? We would never become impatient with God like that. We would never have the high highs and be so, so close with God and and feel him leading us daily, hourly, and then choose to walk away. We would never. And just a reminder of what we said at the beginning, knowing about Moses' life is important, but our focus is on who God is to Moses and therefore who he still is to us. So I know we're Baptists, right, and we we love a a three-point message, don't we? So here we get into the actual message. I don't know how long this has been going for, but we get into the message now. So three points, and we know that they're the real points because they all start with the same word, God. All right, so you can yeah, pop that up. Uh, God remains constant. So these are the three things that I think, uh, to me, spoke the loudest out of the life of Moses. God remains constant. God is faithful, and God's plan will succeed. So the first one, God remains constant. So all through this story, we can see that God remained constant, the same. He wanted to rescue his people, and he wanted to work through Moses to do it. It was a constant struggle, but God persisted, adapted the method a little, but never the intent. And maybe there was some eye-rolling and some sighing. If God had eyes, I reckon he would have rolled them a few times in there. It's just like, still, are we still here? Are we still complaining? Are we still not sure that I will do what I say I will do? Second point, God remained faithful to Moses, to the plan, to the people. Despite all their wandering and complaining and disobedience, God did not give up but kept leading and guiding because he could see the bigger picture and he knew what was best for them. God had a plan. This is the... the Point three, God had a plan and he stuck to it. He encouraged, pressed, provided, protected, led and blessed the people. He adapted some of the how but not the what. The goal remained the goal. How have you seen this in your life? Have you seen God's faithfulness and constancy in the past? Can you see how he has led and guided you? Or maybe you can see how things got messy and broken when you were distant from him or tried to go your own way. Sometimes these times teach us more than the good times. What season are you in right now? Does something look impossible to you like it did to Moses? 
Have you got your excuses ready? Are you being called by God to trust him? Maybe to not grumble or be impatient. Maybe to not look to idols. Maybe to believe what he says about you is true. If you find yourself saying, who am I that I should go? Remember the next most important part. God says, I am with you. So we need to know this as individuals. We need to know um, that God goes with us and it's not about how equipped we feel, how, you know, how worthy we feel, but it's a, about the fact that he does go with us. So we need to know that personally. But as a church, we also need to know this. Who are we to reach out to our community? Who are we to start campuses in other towns except that he is with us? So maybe that is the so what for today from this story. Whatever situation or season you are in, whatever you need to trust, trust God for, whatever he is calling you into, remember that he is with you. And he is the same God that did all of those things for Moses and for the Israelites as they, as they travelled and as they um, prepared to enter the promised land. All of those miracles that he performed and the protection and the provision, all of those things, he is the same God for us today. And that's not to say you can go around blithely just doing whatever you want and expect him to bless you. If you are... If you're not behaving as you know God wants you to, don't expect him to bless you. But if he is calling you and you are walking closely with him, then that is all you need. There's a scripture in, um, in Psalms, I'm not sure if it's 37 or 27, but it's, it says something like, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. And if you are genuinely doing that, if you are genuinely delighting yourself first in the Lord, he will grant you the desires of your heart because you won't ask for anything that isn't in his will. You won't um, be straying from him if you are genuinely delighting in him. So let's end with this. So um, the band can slowly start coming back up. I'm not quite done. but um, So at the beginning we... Uh, we met Moses and um, he had his excuses as to why he shouldn't um, do what God was asking him to. He said he was slow of speech and had faltering lips. Um, but anyway, at the end, in Deuteronomy 32, and we don't, don't have a slide for this because it was a late entry again, uh, but you can just listen. And I want you to meet the man who had spent 40 years walking closely with God and um, being a part of his plan for Israel and being uh, the recipient, I guess, of all of the protection and the provision and the wisdom of God for 40 years. And this is what the man of faltering lips, this is, this is what he turns into. Are you excited to meet the new Moses? I was really excited. I'm, it only needs one of us. I'll be excited. So here is Deuteronomy 32, and this is called, called now the Song of Moses. Um, and this is how he speaks with confidence and eloquence after spending this lifetime with God. Listen, you heavens, and I will speak. Hear, you earth, the words of my mouth. Let my teaching fall like rain and my words descend like dew, like showers on new grass, like abundant rain on tender plants. 
I will proclaim the name of the Lord. I praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. This is our man of faltering lips. This is who he has turned into. And the rest of that um, Song of Moses just goes on. It goes on for chapters. Um, and it talks about all of the history of what happened with the Israelites as they prepared to enter the promised land and all of the things that God did. But it, it is beautiful speech. It is confident speech. It is a man who knows whose he is as much as he knows who he is. So we're going to um, enter a time of worship now and I would really encourage you to make this a really personal time. I think this song is so personal for us and I, I, f I really feel like as we um, embrace these stories of the characters in the Bible, um, the next two weeks we have Mary and then David. And as we sing this song, I reckon, I really think that, that this will become a time of deep personal revelation for us that this is for us, that he is the same God for us today as he has always been, that he can do this with us if we let him, if we will say yes to him, if we will not worry about our faltering lips and our slow speech, if we will just say yes to him because he promises to be with us, that he can do this for us too, with us, in us, through us, and affect the lives of so many people around us. One of the, there's a little prayer um, rhythm that you can do which, which goes, thank you, sorry, please. Like it just reminds you to, to focus on each of those three things. Thank you, sorry, please. Thank you. So we can do this during the song now. I really invite you to make this a personal time between you and God. I could ask you to come forward for prayer, but I really think it's important that that you spend this time with God doing what you need to do. Spend time working with him. So say thank you. Praise him for who he's been to you in the past. Say sorry if you need to. Confess if you need to. It might be a sin. It might be a lack of faith. It might be just turning away from him. And then please ask him, what does he want? What does he want you to do? What's he calling you to Maybe it's an actual task. Maybe he's asking you to do something for him. But maybe he's asking you to live a life of holiness. Maybe there's something that you need to stop doing. Whatever it is, ask him. As we sing through this song, thank you, sorry, please. Do whatever you need to do. If you need to lay on the floor, if you need to get on your knees, if you need to, I don't know what you need to do. You get real with God. Open yourself up to him. You've got nothing to fear from God in opening yourself up to him. And ask him what it is. What does he need you to learn from the life of Moses? It's not written down for no reason. It's written down to help us. To encourage us to, I don't know, to enlarge us. Enlarge our thinking. Ask him, what do you want me to do? So let's continue in worship. <laughs>